Ladies and gentlemen, happy new year, happy holidays. Hope you all spent it well. The Straight Talk Podcast is back. This is uh, episode 36. I'm your host, as always, STS Vince, joined with me by my co-host, Basharat. Bash, how you doing, man? I'm doing uh, well, man. I'm doing good. The new year is uh, kicking off, you know, being optimistic despite uh, whatever we see with basketball. But yeah, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm all right. You know, basketball negativity aside, it's it's been a good start to the year. Good good end to the year as well. So uh, pretty good. Uh, we were supposed to drop a holiday wish list episode and it just it never dropped. Uh, I I was under the impression I had released the episode and I didn't, so that was a botch on my end. I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure out should we just drop it anyway? And I, I I'm starting to like lean towards yeah, let's just drop it at the towards the weekend, just so we can let this episode breathe because this this is being recorded currently at 1 a.m. Central Standard <laughs> Time, uh, right after that Bulls uh, loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers Second straight. Last shot lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, well, let's unpack that, man. Like, it technically shouldn't be the second straight in the row because if you went back and saw the two-minute report from uh, Saturday's game, it turned out that DeMar actually got fouled by Karis LeVert at the end of the play. Should have resulted in two free throws that could have at least tied the game or won them the full game unless DeMar just missed both free throws, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I feel that I don't put much stock in that because I watched the play. That wasn't really much of a foul there. I mean, I guess I, I didn't see much there. I thought it was a bad shot that he took anyway. I thought it was a bad direction. He went with the ball. Um, you know, I Bulls made a lot of they, they played pretty well overall in these in these two games. But they they did um, dig themselves a hole again with the second chance points and some of the offensive you know, inconsistency that they have in the first half, especially. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't really have a problem with that. The, the last minute, we're, you know, calls go both ways. Um, right. I don't put much stock in that. Yeah, I mean, like... Unless it's something egregious, you know? Like, <laughs> yes. And I think tonight you might have an argument, because Billy Donovan mentioned this in the post game, and, uh, you know, that Donovan Mitchell came off the line early, and I, I kind of, like, when it's a split second like that, I, you know, MJ used to do that a lot, is running from the free throw line mm-hmm. and try to time it. Um I don't have much of a problem with that either, but except for the fact they fucking called Alex Caruso twice. Yes. On this, like the first time, okay, it was clearly like he started in, even though he backed out, it's like, all right, lane violation. That second time is bullshit. Every fucking player in the NBA does that. Like everyone who's at least either a big star or known as a defensive like crash to boards type of guy in the backcourt will, will start their step as that free throw shooter is releasing. And then if he doesn't release, not take a step. Caruso didn't even take an actual step. No, That's no, it, it was kind of like a, like a little shuffle of the feet that he yeah, had. Yeah, it's it not like he has to... the ball. He didn't call him for traveling. Like, what the hell is that? No, it's like, I, I think he got like five cracks, like five free throws. Like, if I'm not mistaken, with the two lane yeah, violations. he got five free throws. He he technically missed, uh, let's see, he missed three of them. Yes. But then he, you know, got that try. So he managed to get two out of, two out out of, of those five. five and they, yeah, they exactly. 
there's there's still a lot to unpack on just this game alone. We can just spend a full episode just talking about the recap of this game. Uh, you know, referees aside, this was a phenomenal performance from Donovan Mitchell. Even yeah. though I do want to discredit a few of his points that came in the third quarter, because what was it like fourteen to twelve free throws that he had just in that third quarter alone? Yeah, that's like about, everything yeah. that he was doing. Like he was just driving to the paint. Any sort of content, incidental bumping became a foul for him, and like, right. like it, it completely derailed the Bulls' intensity on defense. Like, and I think, I think a lot of those might have even. I mean, you had blocking fouls. You had people hit him on the arm a couple times. You had a lot of hip checks. Some of them were real ticky tack fouls, though. And again, the problem there is. On the other end, Zach got none of those calls. And, you know, I think Zach was phenomenal in this game. He was yes, playmaking he was. down. I mean, I think he's actually been phenomenal for, like, I, I want to say at least a week and a half, maybe maybe two weeks now, yeah. where he's playmaking down the stretch. He's not, like, just, you know, ISO dribble into a bad, like, mid-range. He, he's taken a few bad mid-rangers, but most of the shots he's taken have been good. And what he's really done is he's been playmaking, man. He's He drove inside twice. And actually, DeMar did this in the previous game, too, where they swung the ball out to Pat and Io for wide-open three-point looks. Now, you know, you're going to hit some, you're going to miss some. Those guys shoot a pretty good percentage, and in these two games, they missed them. Uh, but those were the right plays. Like, those were the type – that's the type of basketball the Bulls need to play. I really hope that it doesn't get overshadowed by everything else with the losses and DeMar's last-second shot controversies. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it shouldn't get lost that Zach has had not only much, much better defense, even better than the defense he initially played after that horrible 150 points they gave up to Denver and then he improved – no, he's been even better in this past week. He's kept it up for the entire game. In the, in he I has. Think. He really has. And you saw that tonight. He was he was playmaking. I think it was a, a, a thing that's, that became a change after that Timberwolves loss, that right. big blow-up they had in the locker room, which, right. again, wasn't a big deal. I can't recall if we talked about it or not. Well, I don't think we we, we haven't because we kind of missed this entire month of December, which has been yes. crazy up and down. And- we. we- <laughs> Like if the listeners knew our some of our text messages going back and forth, we almost recorded repeatedly. We almost redid the wish list as a tear it down list because it was so bad. Yeah, like the bulls were so awful that we were like, just just screw this shit. You know why even talk about this team? Right. And and then they were like, obviously amazing wins against Milwaukee and and like you know just just ridiculous uh, last second wins then in Atlanta to get them back for that one mm-hmm. in New York and. You know, it's been a really up and down. Then they were, you know, they're on another winning streak and they had these two losses in which there is a lot to criticize, but they both were against a really, really good team, a top five Eastern Conference team. And yes. both of these games, as as much as the Bulls record now shows them at 16 and 21, I guess, five under 500 and two straight losses, both of them were on basically came down to the last shot, this one in overtime to one of the best teams in the East. Well, once it got to overtime, they just kind of folded because they kind of oh, yeah. got demoralized. So, okay, let's unpack a few things from this Cavs game, and then we'll backpedal a little bit to the prior games, to like what they've done good, what what they need to improve on, then look ahead to the uh, coming games for, for the next week or so. Right. And the first thing I want to point out at the end of uh, towards the end of regulation, the it was obvious. It, it was obvious. The the Bulls, all they had to do was just continue making their free throws. They fouled Donovan Mitchell towards the end there because all they all all he could possibly do was either make both free throws or make one and then hope to get a putback 
uh, opportunity towards the end with like what like four seconds left to go. Oh, in the let, game. let's 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 interrupt for one second. And in case you know people haven't been on Twitter or or haven't like seen the the news or Sports Center or whatever it is you you get your sports news from these days or haven't right. watched the game, uh, Donovan Mitchell scored seventy one points today. Yes, he did seventy one points it would have been enough if he had just stopped at 69 to match the most that anyone has scored against them which was michael jordan dropping 69 against the Cavs. Mm-hmm. uh no he he did two more than that and uh dropped 71 points the most anyone has ever scored against the bulls yes uh, uh not only that it it was the first time it was the seventh seventh player to record 70 or more points He's the first player to have more than 70 points since the Kobe Bryant 81 points, if I'm not mistaken. I think Booker. Booker. Well, yeah, because Booker had 70, right? Yes. 70, yeah. So. Yeah. So it's the most technically by one point, And we were being very technical here. He has right. the most points by a single game performance by a player that hasn't been Kobe Bryant since like, what was it? The 06 season? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can pretty much name it. It's been, it was, you know, it was Devin Booker a few years ago. There's, there's Mitchell tonight, Devin Booker a few years ago, mm-hmm. about five years ago. And uh, Kobe in that like 05, 06 season, I think. And yes. then it was David Robinson in that, in that battle for the scoring title yeah. in the, in the nineties. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. He came down to the last game of the season and he dropped like 71 points to win the scoring title, I guess, over mm-hmm. Shaq, I think. And uh, uh, MJ funny. never did it. It was other than that. It's just what Wilt, I think, and that's it. <laughs> Maybe like two other guys. Yeah, Jesus, short list, short list. Um, yeah, look, nothing against Donovan Mitchell because he was on one tonight. He was on. He was hitting. He came down and hit like shots with people draped on him with good D, like just yes. just running up the court, and just just pulling up and just drilling threes in their face, getting to the rim. Yeah, but yeah, you're right though. I, I think you're gonna get to the the free throw thing, right? Yeah. Oh well. Well, look, he he goes for the free throw, and my big issue here is that Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Billy Donovan, sorry. I yeah, two Donovans. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That actually confused me in the last game when uh when uh Debo Demar said uh oh Donovan was coming down the coming down the other side, so I went right. I'm like, what? The coach was coming at you, and then I was like, oh okay, you met Mitchell. No, yeah, yeah, you met Mitchell. Uh, but no, so. Billy goes ahead and puts in Drummond for rebounding purposes, which made all the sense in the world. Drummond and Vooch both boxed out their man. Mm-hmm. Patrick Williams had one job. I don't want to harp on Patrick too much because he has been progressing steadily and he's been a solid, solid role player. He's been a solid role player. He's been consistent. And like his I, defense is much, much yes. better. He was actually bad, you know, I think early in the year. He uh, was. He was terrible. We were questioning yeah. whether or not he. We, he was a bust or not. Right. And yeah. look, you have one job. Don't yeah. even look at the rim. Don't even look at the rim. You got to face up. guard. You face guard Mitchell at that point. This yeah. the, the dude is 6'1", if that, if we're being generous. He out he out rebounds you. Bro, he literally point. was like my cat. He like snuck under their legs and like went up. And he just, like... found his way in like the most slitherous, like sliver yeah. of space. Yeah. It was, it was incredible and frustrating and demoralizing all at once this uh-huh. felt like the the aj griffin shot that he got that that he got with atlanta to win the game but this one even more so because this is went, worse yeah this is worse because it's like the aj griffin shot it was just like well i guess like there's just not much else like you did what you could do and yeah there's right. a few things here or there but it was just like all right miracle shot he made a great shot what are you gonna do dude the bulls had a 20 plus point lead in this game man and and look okay and that's gonna be our pivot point to my next 
rant piece of this game is the poor officiating in the second half, man. It, it was, was the it literally became the Bulls versus the referees. And I I look, maybe I'm trying to like look for like an out or a scapegoat for this terrible bull loss. But look, you have guys like Alex Caruso and you have Io DeSumo, Patrick Williams, you got all these and like DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine aren't getting the calls that Mitchell is getting. He, Mitchell's getting tick attack fouls called for him in the third quarter not saying all of them were ticky tech but a good majority of a, them a lot were. of them were i think there were yes. a lot of real legit fouls oh and a 100%. lot that were like like ticky tech but i do think stacy king on the broadcast kind of went too in on it like it was he made too big a, like the bulls just they fucked up man they really fucked up in that third quarter their offense became kind of stagnant they threw up some desperation shots they gave up a lot a lot of rebounds um, I think Billy Donovan really screwed up. Uh, he had Zach off the floor for an extended period of time. If you look at, I was actually watching the box score because because uh, I was a little bit behind and I saw on Twitter that the Cavs were catching up. Like mm-hmm. I, I was a few minutes behind. And I was like, how did this happen? And Zach went off the floor. I think they had like a 15 point lead, you know, at the in like late in the third, and that was gone, you know, by the time he came back up. It was like a five point game. And I really think he should have brought like he's got he's got a you're you're so far under 500 now you've got to yeah. start playing this out like it's the playoffs man you got to start being like okay yeah this is our rotation but uh, uh we need to win this game this guy's got to come back in now and he should have he should have brought Zach back in that that's my my main issue is that I was watching this full this whole game unfold and as much as I like the and he did have what like 42 points tonight if I'm not yeah. mistaken but it's like. Zach's has been playing so well lately that he's arguably the best player. He's what we talked about, man, in our preview. If anybody yeah. wants to go back to our Bulls season preview, we said it's going to start off, and we think that for the Bulls to be their best, Zach should be the leading scorer by the end of the year. Yes. And he's in shape. He's in that form, and he's no longer even doing – he's not taking horrible shots as like he was before. He'll take a couple, but that's just yeah, you know, was, scorers. They're going to yeah. do that. He's playmaking again. His turnovers are back down. If you look at the stats, uh, I think the the – I like to call him Chigo, the new uh, CHGO, whatever, Bulls guys did like a breakdown of his mm-hmm. like performance uh, in the in their last pod or whatever. Uh, I, was, I wanted to do it in ours, but they did it already. Yeah. So you can go listen to that. But – uh, the Chago guys uh, did a uh, did a good job. Zach has been much better in in December. He, his percentages are up. His efficiency is up. He's finishing at the rim again. He's not getting blocked. He's not throwing up terrible terrible layups that have no chance of going in and praying for a foul call bailout. He's legitimately getting fouled and not getting calls. And he's playmaking. Man, look at down the stretch. He, he first of all, the Bulls wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't that drive that Zach made in the fourth, late in the fourth, that mm-hmm. found Vooch for that open three with about 30 seconds to go to put him up three, you know, for that three at the top of the key. That was a shot where Zach made it to the lane and could have easily gone right over Kevin Love, who hadn't left his feet. And Zach could have just finished over Kevin Love. But he he spun around and fired a pass to Vucevic wide open, who put the Bulls up by three. Yeah, that I mean, should have been the dagger three. That yeah. should have been the dagger. Oh, man, he Vuce had another corner dagger three. And that Saturday game too, man. Yeah, he, Jeez. yeah, he had a great, he had a great three. And again, that game too was one. Zach made the right. Demar actually, I think, even made the right plays. He found late down the stretch. He found Io and and I think Pat, either Pat or Caruso for open threes, and and those were misses just like they were tonight. But they were they were great shots. Pat's shooting over forty percent from three this year. Io's been been hitting them. They've been clutch. I think you were getting to though something that that I wanted to talk about too, which yes. was. 
yeah, Zach and and Demar and the the ratio of how much the offense flows through one or the other. And I really, really have like Billy Donovan. Look, I get it when you give the ball to Demar, especially earlier in the year when Zach frankly sucked and was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, not only has Zach been good, you've been going to Demar in the last game. The Cavaliers said we knew there was only one play. Like you've become so predictable, and Demar doesn't have yes. Like you, you have the same play now. You're not running him off some innovative, you know, action to get him free. He's gonna catch the ball and face up, and he's gonna have to like make his move with a defender and probably two in his face. And you have Zach, who's been playing awesome and as a better playmaker than Demar. Man, I'm sorry, he's just a better passer. He can get to the. I know Demar has been getting to the cup at a ridiculous level too, mm-hmm. but way faster, way more athletic and can get to the rim or pull up more easily than DeMar can in that situation. And Zach has been shown to be slightly more willing passer now that he's back up. He wasn't earlier in the year. He was terrible. Let's not get twisted. He was selfish and terrible. And I don't even know about selfish. He just wasn't seeing the pass or wasn't able to make it. But he, that's not been the case for the last week or two. I mean, there there was only one occasion. I think it was in the fourth quarter where Zach had the ball at the top of the like at the top of the key almost. He pump faked the defender. He could have kicked it off to Caruso to make a shot, but it was just a fake out. And he just forced a shot anyway, and it, and it, I think, hit the front of the rim. And yeah. that one was after he had just passed it to Caruso, and he missed it, right. missed the three. So like, I kind of get it when you're just like, okay, well, maybe I'll just take the shot. And, and like, you know what? This is this is another thing that uh, I'm coming to Billy Donovan now. That You know, I, I had said in the last time that we talked about the Bulls that I didn't have that much – criticism i don't think coaches make that big of a difference i thought the criticism criticisms of donovan were overblown um mm-hmm. and unless you've got like you know some standout that you I, I do think you should you should cycle through coaches more regularly but i didn't think donovan was the problem with this team i still don't i just this is a problem here because to me like you said he was making the right plays he made it to caruso and what i don't want is i don't want this progression from zach back to being like what he was before DeMar came and being, you know, the more chucker. efficient and more of a playmaker. I don't want it to regress by him being like, well, if I pass these guys, they're not going to hit it and I'm not going to get the ball back. Like I want Billy Donovan to recognize and reward Zach and show him, no, these are the right plays. And now you're going to have the ball in your hands at the end of the game because you're making the right fucking plays. Like, you know, you should have some sense of where this team is and where your players are and how you might want to like, prep them for what needs to come and and you gotta reinforce the zach that what he's been doing is right and you gotta give him the ball it's it's similar to what we've been talking about like vooch getting good position inside and rewarding him or him running to get to position yeah like if he does that yeah Yeah, like if he does the right thing to get into like post position you reward the big guy and you feed him down low because the one thing that i do love about vucevic between all three of them i think he's the better playmaker between all three of them yeah you're absolutely right because if if that that's the great thing about vooch it's like he'll touch the ball and his post second split second he'll just kick it right back out yeah and and it was it's it's great to see it from vooch and you're seeing more for it from zach my big issue and you you were trying to talk about how like you didn't want to cast too much blame on Donovan. One thing I did want to say, and it goes along hand in hand with what you were saying about rewarding Zach Levine. It's I noticed as a yeah. fan, like like in the fourth quarter, they switched Jared Allen 
onto DeMar DeRozan. And then Stacey Keen even pointed it out. It's like every single time down, right, that sucks, DeMar, yeah. the, DeMar is touching the ball. He's got Jared Allen on him, and he's got quick enough feet to bother him and force him to take a deep two. So he's not getting deep into post position to get a better contested shot. Look, Zach was getting to the bucket at will. He was not getting the calls and fouls when he was getting fouled. So I would have put in the ball in Zach's hands because who's who's going to slow him down? And like he was getting to the cup at will. He was lot. moving really well, yeah. Yes. And Demar Demar was doing well, but it was for his own isolation buckets. And whereas Zach was playmaking, you know, he was. I want to say a good majority, if not all of the open, uncontested threes that the Bulls took late in that fourth quarter was because of uh, Zach Levine playmaking, just attacking the basket. No, definitely. I mean, just look at at the Vooch three I pointed out. That was with 30 seconds to go in the fourth. Then in overtime, those two drives down into the paint, drawing defenders and wide open looks for Pat Williams and Io DeSumo. And I think I I think he had another one after that. I think he had two passes to Io to Sumo. If I'm not yes, mistaken. I think he had two passes to Io, and he missed both of them. Uh, look, my I feel like this has been a trend with Billy Donovan teams is that he kind of defers to the star player and lets them like get yeah, their he own let bucket. Russ do whatever, yeah. He let Russ do whatever he wanted when they were when he had KD and Russ. He was letting KD do what he wanted. Like he was giving yeah. Paul George the ball. He wasn't really running creative in unique plays. I think the best case of that was when he had Chris Paul and he was actually running better plays, but I want to give a little bit of credit to Chris Paul, even though I don't like I think Donovan did a great job in the playoffs that year with, with Russ and uh, Durant and uh, Ibaka at the time, Mm -hmm. both in his like willingness to change the lineup up. And then also the way they played, they took golden state to seven games. They had the lead on them three games to one in that series in the, in the year they won 70 games and then lost to the Cavs. I think that was the one time I saw him do like, okay. an X's and O's tactical, great coaching performance in that series. Exactly. They they just had that clay game six that, that, you know, ridiculous performance from clay Thompson and then lost in game seven. Uh, Other than that though. Yeah, no, you're right. He, he defers, Dude, and you know what? This is, I've been thinking about this. As I was watching the game, I thought about this. This is the thing with, it, it actually applies perfectly to when he had Russ, but I, I take it back for Bulls fans to uh, Derrick Rose, right? And you want to say, okay, this is, um, we have this one player who is so good offensively. He's clearly got to be the one to take the shot. He's going to have the highest percentage chance of making it. And, you know, he draws defenders, et cetera. And and that's DeMar. And because he's so good with his footwork and his ability to rise up no matter what and get a good shot, even under like duress, Mm -hmm. I understand that. Um, The difference is, so the rest of the offense is stagnant. Right. And and those shots are still not high percentage shots, especially if DeMar. Now, he's passed a few times, I'm not saying DeMar is totally selfish. He's found Kobe White late in games. But generally, if that's the last shot of the game and the Bulls are down or tied, he's taking it. Right. No matter mm-hmm. what. You've seen yeah. that. Now. Yeah. In, in this whole last week, there's been like four opportunities. You've seen him take those shots with two or even three people draped on him. It doesn't matter. Right. And the difference between the, Ro- the Derrick Rose Bulls when that was absolutely the right thing to do, put the ball in Derrick's hand hands and let him take that shot no matter what and and it was also the right thing to do with the rust teams but you know what the difference is those teams were built around those players what that means to me and i've been thinking about this since the end of the game because it was driving me crazy because those teams you drew players to that 
to the the primary offense. You drew defensive players to to the primary offensive player. Everybody knew he had the he had the ball in his hands at the last right. shot, right? Like nobody else was going to get it. The difference is both those Thunder and the Derrick Rose Bulls were built for defense and rebounding. They were built so that their one star was the offensive engine and the rest of the team did everything else. That means they were great offensive rebounding teams. Steven Adams in the Thunder and on the Bulls, Joakim Noah and Todd Gibson and Luol Deng. You know, those yeah. guys were there to dr- crash the boards. That's why I disagree with everybody who thinks that Derrick Rose's MVP was undeserved because no, 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 because, it's, you know, his efficiency was low or whatever. And, you know, oh, he was the offensive engine on a team, but like, there was all people, their people, people like just to like to discredit that MVP performance because of the way his career has progressed because of the injuries. And on top of that, like you look at the numbers and now people just kind of like look at the numbers without the context. Right. They're they're looking they're looking at his stats and his MVP season out of context. And they're, and they're still, looking at the Bulls defense and thinking, oh, well, that's the reason. Yes, that was the reason. But the reason they could play that defense is because they had Derrick Rose on offense. Yes. And, and they built the rest of the team to complement Derrick Rose. And when Derrick drew three defenders and put the ball up at the rim, when he missed the guys in the game for the Bulls, their purpose and their what they were good at was offensive rebounding and putbacks. That's what they yes. were there for. I mean, that's what they're good at. This team is terrible at those fucking things. Yeah, uh, that's actually been their one of their Achilles heels. This even while they were on this great stretch, prior to uh prior to, to the game on Saturday, when they when they beat the Knicks on Friday, yeah. they did lose to Houston on Monday, but in between, they won five of their last six. They were still like getting beat. No, they were on, getting their ass kicked. They, in fact, worse in each game, even while they were winning. Like yeah. each game was progressing. The, the offensive rebound they kept right. declining on like, the boards, right? On the offensive yes, glass. Yes, yeah. exactly. On the offensive glass. Yes, and that's been the Achilles heel. And look, one, the other Achilles heel has been the three point shooter because the thing with the Russ and Derrick Rose teams is that, like you were saying, they were built around their specific skill set and built around that specific player. This mm-hmm. team does like does doesn't seem like it was built they're around They're not built De- around Demar. They're, they're not, not built around Demar. They're more built around I I feel like Zach they kind of built it around Zach, but it makes more sense with Lonzo on the on the floor with them. With without him it, it makes a little less sense. It honestly like this team is built very well around Zach. You just need to add a little more and the problem I think right now is like you, you yes, you're missing Lonzo and your three-point shooting is not good enough. You need a little more. And your wing defense is not good. Because, again, it goes back to that balance that I talked about in our preview at the beginning of the year. You either have really good wing defenders like Io, Javante, and Caruso on the floor. Yes. Or you have really good three-point shooters like Kobe White. And Kobe's been playing much better lately, oh, defensively, by the yes, way. Yes, fantastically. Like And Stacey King has been saying that a lot on commentary. He's been... The last two weeks or plus, he's been playing he's much been better. He's been playmaking defensively down the stretch over he's, and over, taking the ball away. Not, not only that, he's been hitting clutch threes, crucial yep. threes in, in key situations, and his handles have been fantastic. They've been great. They've like, been great. He, yeah. He's out here actually – he's out here playing like the player that I thought he could be coming off the bench to be that spark plug kind of guy, that Jamal Crawford, J.R. Smith. I'm not saying he's at that, that level at the moment, but he can't be. He's beginning to seem like it's possible for him to fit that mold, yeah. Yes. He's starting to look to be that six-man coming off the bench. Like, similar to what Jordan Poole is for Golden State. I'm not saying that's 
again, I'm not I'm not saying that's who Kobe Wet is or will be, but I'm saying that's the mold that you're expecting I think from Kobe Wet. Yeah, I think he's a, yeah he's obviously less dynamic with his shot making than Jordan Poole offensively, but I think he's a better passer than Jordan Poole. Yeah. You yeah, know. and he's playing better defense lately than oh, Jordan yeah. Poole. I think so, definitely. Because again, he's not, and he's he's actually learning to make like Zach. You know, they, they both have played defense well through the initial like ball action from when they're guarding their guy or that initial screen and roll. What happens is then the ball moves around and they they always get lost or they're late getting over a screen or not rotating right. No, mm-hmm. Zach and even Kobe have both been, and even Demar, honestly. They've been actually rotating over and over through the entire shot clock and getting back in front of someone and making sure they're in front of a player and, and, and you know, covering an open player. And they've been really good at that. Yeah, that the first quarter of this game alone, they play that you can you can look back at the tape and that, that's probably the best half of basketball. Oh, yeah, that yeah. the Bulls have played the because they always get off to bad starts. They were up by 20, 21 points. Yeah. And because of their defense, because of their quick rotations, because of their decisiveness and their like the defensive intensity and them, them just playing the lanes, they, mm. they've been playing the lanes fantastically. Demar. Yeah, and going back all the way to that Milwaukee win where he got that steal off the inbound to yeah, kick that was it remarkable. over to yeah, fantastic. Demar 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 played like down the stretch has been playing kind of stunningly good defense. Uh, yeah, especially for him, especially earlier in this year because before let's go back to the Minnesota game before that game Demar was fucking awful defensively too. Mm-hmm. You know, and Zach was getting a lot of the attention, but Demar was real real bad. The reason why Zach's getting the attention, uh, getting most of the blame uh, on that end, is because he signed the massive five-year extension, and right. Demar gets a little bit of uh, a pass because of the fantastic season he had last year. And they're like, "Oh, well, you know, like he's still Debo. You know, like he had to carry everyone towards the end, and then you know he's worn out. You know, right. they they give him a pass because of the season he had last season, and because Zach just got paid, they expect him." He he's he's becoming like the scapegoat for things. Yeah. And the way I saw this game unfold is Demar, Billy Donovan, Zach. One of them should have been like, "Let's switch something up. Let's give the ball to Zach." Dude, this really frustrates me. You just played this team. You just did the exact same thing down the end, and they even said that they they knew what you were going to do, and you were very predictable. Why didn't you get the ball to, to Zach or hell even Vooch, man? Dude, like, if if Jerry, he, here's the thing. If Jared Allen is guarding DeMar DeRozan... And there's the no Evan is, Mobley. Yeah. Then there's no Evan Mobley. Who's guarding Zbooch? That's a great point. That's a great point. Like Kevin Love? Like, come on, Kevin, man. He scored on Kevin Love so effortlessly in the few possessions in both the last two games yep. against the Cavaliers. That's, and, here, and here's the thing. Zach has been better at getting Vooch the ball than, than DeMar has been to get Vooch the ball. Because nine times, nine times out of ten, if there's some mismatch and DeMar has the ball, he's going to iso and and try to get his bucket instead of figuring out oh wait if the center is guarding me my center is probably open let me get it to him no like that that's that's my biggest fault right now to, for demar which i thought I, I thought wouldn't be a fault of his because prior to joining the bulls in san antonio he was the main playmaker he was facilitating for everyone in San Antonio. He was able to get the ball. I think the difference is there. Pop was very clear about, you know, what he wanted DeMar to do. And they had, they had um, the offensive players around DeMar were a little bit more able to space, I think, than the Bulls were. And they had DeMar constantly getting it 
closer in the post, like not not so high by the free throw line, but like below the free throw line in the mid post to low post and facilitating from there. And um, I think that's yes. the difference. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so look, the the two biggest issues that it, that we've addressed so far uh, has been the fact that a they've been just getting destroyed on the offensive rebounding. So they need rebounding. They need more size on that, and they need people that can crash the boards. But it's also been three-point shooting because yeah. Zach's been making the plays, and you want to reward Zach. You need to – okay, you're building this team around Zach. Continue to do so. Get him some floor spacers on this team. Trade deadline's coming up. It's next month. Yeah. All right? We got about, like, a month before the trade deadline because I think it's going to be on the 9th of February, if I'm not mistaken, right before the All-Star break. Yeah. And – I could be wrong about the dates. The date may be off, but yeah, right before the All Star break. Is right before the All Star break. Yeah. So that's what you need to address. You need to you need to make some kind of trade. I'm not well, saying, and, and make... we missed some of this conversation because over the past month we've had all kinds of because the Bulls have been such a roller coaster with such not just not just losses but like debilitating desultory losses yes. where you're like just I screw this blow the whole thing up. So we missed some of the conversation on you know the blow it up, don't blow it up, the sell, don't sell, all of that. So, but now we're looking at the team, and yes, they've been playing a lot better. Fact remains, they're 16 and 21, you know, and they missed a golden opportunity here this week to make ground on teams that are struggling, like Atlanta, like uh, Toronto. Now, you know, is just kind of keeping pace. New York is still Washington, like... New York, right? Yes, like they, they should have made ground on all of these teams. Um, Miami played pretty well in the last 10, uh, but other than that, they could have made ground on everybody else. And instead, they're they're five games under 500, tied for the for the tenth seed, I think, um, for the last play-in spot, possibly even out of it. Actually, no, I take it back. They're out of it because Washington's ahead of them now. Yes, yeah, so uh, they're ahead. Washington's ahead of them by half a game. Toronto's but, tied with them. For, yeah, yeah. Toronto's I mean, tied so, for the eleventh. So spot. the the thing is, like, and we we've seen their deficiencies. We've also seen how entertaining and how how well they can play when they're locked in and they play up to their opponent in these games against Boston and Milwaukee. Now, yes. keep in mind, though, um, they played Milwaukee without Chris Middleton, without Drew Holiday in that last game. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've played Boston without Robert Williams III. That There have been, like, there are some caveats to even their good, good wins. The wins against Miami, Miami's been missing, like, half their team, you know. But they've been playing really well. So you don't want to take that away. In those games, they played, like, just really exciting fun to watch solid basketball on both ends on the other hand they're 16 and 21 you're what almost halfway through the season now what what would you want what do you want to see the bulls do or what what would you kind of think is a good move or a bad move okay so i think what and this is where i've kind of been sitting on the fence with the whole just blow it up or retool or keep going keep pushing through is look as much as I'd like to say fuck it, let's blow it up. That pick is top four protected. That's gonna go to Orlando. And look, this isn't me being petty or anything like that. I just don't like helping out the competition. If you're gonna give up that pick, like look, you can try to bottom out, but there's no guarantee you're gonna have that number four pick. Okay, with that yeah. that alone, that uncertainty makes me want to at least push for the playing tournament. Because if you at least push for the playing tournament and you don't get into the final eight seeds, guess what? You're still in the lottery. And maybe I'm like 
like rose colored glasses, no pun intended, because of how low of chances we got to get Rose. Maybe we look into Scoot Henderson or Victor Wembanyama and like with like the ten best best odds because of how things are so flattened and evened out. You yeah. can jump from like eight, eight, nine, ten into the top four. It's not. It's it's so much easier than it used to be. So the way I go about doing things is, you got to make some sort of trade to get shooting. If you're not gonna get rebounding, you're gonna get you're gonna have to get shooting. I would try to like focus on trying to get a backup four behind Patrick Williams that can either get you shooting or some rebounding, and you and that's what you need to focus on. And for and if Lonzo comes back at some point, perfect. And if he doesn't, you got to go into the season, the rest of the season, like he's not going to play. And that's kind of where I'm leaning with this Bulls team is you got to go get some three point shooting and some size at the four, which are issues we talked about that they needed to address. In the offseason. And (laughs) And here we are in early January talking about the same issues. And my my another issue is like the front office. Uh, uh, Arturis Karnaschovas, Mark Eversley have been radio silent. We haven't heard anything from them. Donovan and the the team and the players take all these bullets. But yeah, through all of this, they should have. I mean, this has kind of been the bull's MO no matter who's in the front office. It's been kind of weird that way. But uh, granted, general managers and team presidents don't often address the media, you know, during the season, especially like outside right. the All Star break and stuff. But it, this was a case I think where it definitely called for it because there was so much talk, there was so much just criticism of the team and the roster construction, and questions for Billy Donovan and about Lonzo Ball and Zach Zach Levine and Demar and Vooch, and I think they should have stepped up in that case. You know, they should have. They should have. Because they're out here crucifying Billy Donovan. Because, look, you did no favors for Billy Donovan doing the secret extension in the yeah. offseason and then it leaking out early, like two months Just into a the weird, season. unnecessary Bulls thing, man. Like, what, yeah, what the hell like was the, that? Like, only the Bulls would. Like, this is, like, here, man, it's either, like, a Bulls thing, a Knicks thing, or a Kings thing. Because, like, yeah. only these three franchises in the front office do weird shit like that. Just, you know, just bizarre shit. Yeah, that was it's very like, Nixian. I'll definitely say that, or Kingsian. Yeah, yeah, and, and like, and look, man, it's like if he's your guy, and you're gonna extend it. Say with your whole chest in the off season, right? Uh, just bizarre shit. Or, or, but like, and this is nothing against Billy, but I wouldn't have extended him because mm-hmm. you just had one good season. Guess what? You he had put, time left on his contract. It's not like he was going into a last no, season lame duck. Like, no, he had like ridiculous. two seasons left, right? Yeah. Just you could have extended him after this year, like if if he did a good job. It made no sense to extend him there. Where what was he gonna? Was he gonna go somewhere? And no. if he did, again, he's not he's not fucking Red Auerbach or Phil Jackson, man. Like let him was, go then. Like that's that's kind of where I stood with it. Was like, look, you give Billy Donovan this whole year. He's a solid coach. He's, he's not, a solid coach, but he didn't show anything to like you said. Give him the year. What you give were just him the saying. year? Yeah. You you can't just go in there like off of one season where they get beaten in the first round, like like you know they do weird shit like this all the time because they extended the fucking clown Jim Boylan for no goddamn reason too. That was a ludicrous extension. It must be an ownership thing. I don't know, man. Like they just want to have the stability, I guess. And I don't I don't fucking know. Uh, but like we we recorded the holiday wish list episode with so anyone that's listening to it we we're just going to release i'm just going to release cuz i have the video file so i'm just going to like 
or audio yeah. and audio file. Yeah. So I'm just going to release it over the weekend. Whether it's Friday through Sunday, I'm going to release it because I'm going to be free. This I'm actually going to have a free weekend to actually do stuff. So we'll upload that and to counteract that episode because that episode was mostly like our wish list to continue building on this team. For before buyers, they had, yeah, to buy, yeah, to, to like try to buyers. add players from around the so league. So yeah. what we're going to do is we're not going to go that extensively, but I think we're going to do like a little like mini podcast with me and Bash- Bashar at either this week or next week. We're gonna do like a six star picks, blow it up. Yeah, we're like trades where we're just gonna like. Blow I it think up. I think we learned something. Like obviously, we're still you know we're pretty. We're not. You've been doing this longer than I have, but we, you know we're still pretty new at doing this together. And I think we kind of went a little too extensively in the last pod in the wish list, like going through yeah. all thirty teams. And we kind of learned something with that to try to like you know narrow it down a bit. Well, maybe we'll apply that. Yeah, right. yeah, and I I think six each. Like, we'll, we'll or we can we'll, we're gonna brainstorm after this. Yeah, we're either gonna do six collectively, and we're gonna like go deep in in depth with each of them, or six individually, and then just kind of go off of that. Well, maybe we'll throw in the trade machine in there, like ESPN, the famous ESPN trade machine, and see what we can come up with. I'll I'll give I'll give a little preview on this. My feeling on it is, I, I, like, do those years sucked? Right, tanking sucked. Yes. Uh, and and it, and what was the worst about it is it was no guarantee. We never wound up with, well, we wound up with the fourth pick and three straight years we had the seventh pick. Like that yes. was, you know, Jesus. we always wound up just outside the impact players. We missed out on Darius Garland. We missed out on Lamelo ja. Ball and Ja Morant and Evan Mobley and all these guys. But here's my feeling on it. Number one, I disagree with you on the Orlando pick. That pick is gone to me. So whether you give it up and it's fifth, yeah, yeah, it'll, yeah, well, look, that, that, it'll that. look worse in retrospect, but it's mm-hmm. like, fuck it, man, it's gone. So if the Bulls like continue at this pace and they're like s- several games under 500 in the 10th, 11th spot and, you know, come near the all-star break, I wouldn't be opposed to them like saying, okay, we're, we're, we're going to try to just, we're going to tank and s- improve our odds to keep that pick. Now you can't improve it that much. You're still mm-hmm. going to be like at best, probably 50, 50 at, at keeping it at most. Um, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to that because to me, it's not about that pick. I, this is, so this is a little bit of a preview of that app. I'm not going to talk about players, but here I'll talk about my philosophy. I think if you're not, the team doesn't look like it's going to be a contender. It doesn't Mm -hmm. look like it's going to be out of the play in, like it's going to, it can climb to six. It shows potential to, but we've, you know, you're, you're in a precarious position right now and they've shown severe flaws. So to me. I would more do it looking at the assets you can get back. Right now, DeMar DeRozan is on the wrong end of the aging curve for us. He's at the height of his value. He's playing fantastic basketball. If we kept him, great. I'm very happy to see him and Zach continue to build their their partnership and DeMar continue to just be this like throwback mid-range killer. However, if you can really restock those assets that you've lost in the trades for Vooch and DeMar and et cetera over the years, um, I, I would be very much in favor of that. Yes. Uh, now, if and the same thing with Vucevic, to me, Caruso is a prime target who I would trade, not because I don't love him. I do love him. I watch Because he has him. so much value he to everyone. He has so much value to On contending all teams. All the other 29 other All teams. contending teams, man, whether that's Golden State or Philly or, you know, whoever, right? Denver, whatever. Like, he, you know, he's got great value. Um, I absolutely would trade him because he could bring back, depending on what you can get, I would restock the coffers because to me, you can still build, Zach is still in his prime yeah. and you still got, you've got, you you got to bank on, you know, maybe Lonzo next year. This year, you can't count on him at all, at all. 
Like you, no. you, you, the, the best you can hope for is that he comes back and is a, is the like borderline all-star type of guard that he was when he went out next mm-hmm. year though. And next the year, other, yes. the, the other positives are, okay, Pat will is showing something. Maybe then if you, if you don't blow it up, blow it up, but like semi blow it up by trading, you know, Caruso and Vooch or Caruso and, and DeMar or whatever, then Pat will have more of a focus and he maybe can show you Kobe can rebuild value. And then you've got real, real good players in well, Iowa. Kobe's already rebuilt a lot of his value. He's so going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the season. So I say I, if you don't trade him at the deadline and you have no plans to keep Kobe, I say you got to try to like tr- do a sign and trade in the offseason. And here's the thing. Or like, get a reasonable extension that you can trade later down next year. I don't know. I, I, I don't know about that because I think you need to prioritize. First and foremost, you need to prioritize Iowa DeSumo because he's going to be a free agent at the end. Of the yeah, season. that's the, 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 it really sucks the way they worked out the, the rookie contracts for Iowa and Marco Simonovic. Marco with the, with the guaranteed four, you know, three, three plus one and Iowa on only the two years. So yeah, we're going to have to pay Iowa DeSumo this offseason. Yeah, we're going to have to pay Iowa DeSumo, which, look, that man's earned his money. He deserves it. But then also, like, you look at Javante Green. We need to figure out because he's going to be a free agent too. Like, yeah. how much do you value Javante Green? Because either you're gonna have to package him in the trade, which I love Javante. I do too. Uh, I like either you need to figure out he's part of your core, or like well, like part of your like structure of your like top nine to ten players on your team going forward and resign him. Or if you're not gonna resign him, I need you to go ahead and get some kind of value for him now before you lose him for nothing. I would put and him then- to that same Caruso test. Like if you can get back real assets for him, right? Like a first round pick, probably out of the question for Devante, but something, you know, something really good, then sure. Otherwise I think he's his positional versatility. Cause he can play guard. He can play wing. He can play power forward for you off yes. the bench and, and yes. provide energy rebounding, you know, all of that defense, uh, uh, transition opportunities. He's, he's a ferocious dunker. Like I would definitely try to keep him. Um, to me, like that. Even even Zach and Zach and Vooch. Like if Vooch Zach comes and Vooch back, actually play well. They're together. a really good combo. Yeah. And if you notice, like Zach actually like tries to set up a Vooch and a Vooch and pick and roll with him and Vooch. Yeah, he looks. Like uh, look, he's going to be a free agent. I'm pretty sure. Like here, here's what I do with Vooch. You do if you're not gonna trade him at the trade deadline, you resign him to like right. uh, a respectable extension, and then later he becomes an asset. Yeah. I like I think what you do, like like you were saying, that match that, that Orlando Magic pick in my mind is gone. Right. So whether you stay like where you're at right now, try to get into the plan. Try to at bare minimum, try to get into the plan. Worst best case scenario, try to get to that top six, which I don't think is possible right now, but I could be proven wrong. If they do some kind of move, or if they just flip another a switch like they did already, right. because they they're going to a th- uh, rough stretch recently. Yeah. So you do that. Let's say you get into the plane, like I mentioned earlier. You get into the plane and you get eliminated. You don't actually get into the playoffs. Guess what? That pick, you still got a chance to add, get into the top four, or it goes to Orlando. Also, to my mentality is if that pick is already gone, make it the worst possible pick you can give Orlando. Don't give them a handout. And here's the thing. And you want to go ahead and retool and restructure this team. You do it in the offseason because next year we actually do get a pick. So if you yeah. do want to like bottom out and like blow it up, you do it at the end of the season, not this season. Well, to me, to me, it's all about the value you can get now. Now, yes. I, I, and it, I would do that like again, if DeMar and Caruso and bring you real value, 
and you got to lose Vooch to do it too. Like if it's real value, because let's say you get like, let's say you get picks, right? It's not necessarily about you using those picks to get better. It's about being able to trade those picks down the road for the next superstar or next really, really good player, whether that's Mikhail Bridges or whatever, right? Like whatever happens down the road that you can trade those picks for, let's say, you know, CP retires and something falls apart. Maybe you you do a trade for Aiden. Wh- whatever uh, Phoenix is, I, I just happen actually, to pick them as an example. But that, that's actually a trade that I'd I'd explore if I'm the Bulls. I'd call yeah. uh, if I'm at Acme. If I'm Arturis Karnashovas, I call up uh, Phoenix because Aiden's not happy. If you can get Aiden for Vooch and some compensation, I yeah I'd fucking do it. Like why not do it? But that that's my point is let's say if if you trade Demar and Caruso but you don't you get back picks but like valuable picks I mean good picks right then to me that's fine because that enables you to make a move next year or in this offseason you know and yeah. and I'm I'm okay with that because you you keep your core you keep Zach you keep you know IO and you still have Lonzo and you can kind of build and Pat will and you can build off of that yeah, I'm so not to, trading Pat. Like after what I've seen Wendell become in Orlando and what I've seen <laughs> Lowry become yeah. in, in Utah, I'm not trading them. And I like both of them. I didn't want to give them up just yet. Right. Uh I kind of like like talked myself into that Vooch trade, even though I thought two first round picks. I, yeah, too I much. thought Vooch was a good player, so that that's the only reason I was like I, I'm fine with Vooch. I just didn't like giving up what we gave up yeah, at the time, was, but it was gone. So I was like, what are you gonna do? Like the, the I was movie. just excited for the Bulls to make a big time trade. Right, like because they've never they the last time they made a big time trade like that, when when they got a, a star player in return was when they traded they traded for uh what was it uh like Brad Miller and like John Salmons or something. <laughs> the <laughs> Salmons tra- trade, the Salmons trade. Was hey, you good. know what yeah. that that season? Go back to, and look at that season. That that team wasn't looking so hot, even though right. they had a Derrick Rose on the team. They ended up trading Nocioni. Who was who else was on that fucking team? I mean, I, I know Nocioni was one of the main pieces, but yeah, they they Nocioni, Nos- Ben Wallace, I think. No, Ben Wallace. No, I think he was, the- he was long gone. Um, I forget exactly, but you're right. They wound up getting Salmons back. And, they got and- Salmons and Brad Miller and Tim Thomas in return yeah. for in in those trades, and it worked out for them. The yeah. team fit better. They yeah. had another score when Luol Deng went down. And or yeah. like the, between Ben Gordon, Derek Rose, and John Summers, they had three goals. That, that's that's my whole thing is if if you do make a trade that breaks the team up because you can't find a trade, like obviously we want them to find a trade that adds something, right? It mm-hmm. may not be possible. It it just may not be, and and it may not be enough whatever they add. So if you find a trade that breaks the team up, yeah, I would much rather trade Demar, even though yeah, he's better than Zach right now. But Zach is much younger and has the Bulls have more of a future with Zach Levine, you know, and I think they're. Their other pieces fit better around Zach Levine, and Demar yeah. will get you more back in return. I Demar that... probably has the most value. I think right now Zach Levine, I man, unless I'm getting a haul for Zach, I'd be willing to trade Zach at at the end of the season if there's a good a good value. You talking about good value? I just think that if you trade Zach at that point, you're rebuilding again because you're not getting back another young potential superstar level player, right? You're getting back like really yeah. young guys and, and picks and stuff like that at, at most. So, well, I would say his value would be at a point where, like, if he can make a trade for another star player, he could be the centerpiece of that trade. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, I, I don't, I just don't think that's happening. I, I don't know. I, there's, there's too much going on right now, man. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I think, I think like the listeners have gotten our, our ideas, and we yeah, get we, a little <laughs> bit, but. 
But yeah, we, 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 we started rambling towards the end. <laughs> we did for a little bit, but you know, you get the point. We like, we want them to try to be good. We like the team, but the reality of the situation is they are currently in a very bad spot. They're outside of the play-in tournament even right now, and Look, they're but, in a jumble with it's, other it's, teams. It's, it's not that hard. Look, Toronto was higher up in the standings. Now they're tied with the Bulls for 11 and 12 seed. They're only a half game behind the Wizards. And ironically, then they're just one game behind the Hawks. The yeah. the real game game changer here is like getting to that spot where the Heat and the Knicks are at the seven eight seed. I think they're attainable. They're twenty and eighteen, twenty and seventeen against. It's the definitely Pacers. attainable, but Pacers like, are what, gonna, what like about the, this team over the past month has show has like, I, I, they, I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying like they've given you no confidence that they're going to do it. You know. Okay. All right. So how about how about this? Let's let's round. Let, let's look at the the next upcoming games. Yeah. At least for the month. Dude, of this is this is the even more frustrating thing. Is like now you look at the schedule, you can't predict shit, man. They lost to like the absolute worst fucking team. They lost to Houston at home on a while they were on a three game winning streak, and Houston was on like an eight game losing streak. Yeah, I mean, they, they lost ludicrous games. They lost to Minnesota. They gave up 150 points. Then they came back and they beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They beat, you know, the, uh, who was the other like streaking team they beat after that? I can't uh, the, oh, they beat Atlanta. The, they beat the New Knicks. York. They beat the Knicks. The, they were yeah. like currently on a streak as well. Yeah. And by yeah. the way, New York, look, they went on that on what was it like an eight game winning streak? Then they went on a five game losing streak. Yeah. So like it's possible. Like I'm I'm still a little bit optimistic. Maybe the last two weeks of the last what was it like six to eight games that I saw the Bulls play. They've definitely since played better, man. They've, They've been playing better. Played and like the first half of this game, like I don't even count. Even in these losses, yeah. Even in these losses, yes. Like the the game against Cleveland on on Saturday, like, okay, that could have went either way if they called the foul. And the then, frustrating thing about this is Cleveland is missing Garland and Mobley. You know, in these yes. games, you were really hoping to, to take Well, them. Well, honestly, like, Coming into the season, I th- I thought they matched up horribly against Cleveland. I, that's yeah, that's the yeah. one. It, when I was optimistic, that's the one team I didn't want them to face in the in the playoffs was Cleveland because they have uh, a Donovan Mitchell and without Lonzo Ball, you don't really have a permanent defender that can slow him down. You don't right. have any rim protectors that can slow him down at the, at the paint. But then you have tremendous size in Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen, Allen, and and shooting with Kevin Love coming off the bench, and yep. Darius Garland as well. So like, I thought that was a terrible matchup for the Bulls. I agree. Uh, so like even like even if, without them being healthy, because Kevin Love's been able to step in at that four spot and contribute for them, and they yeah. still have Karis Levert to fill in the Darius Garland like mm-hmm. gap hole. Who actually have. killed him quite a bit in, on Saturday. Yeah, he yeah. did. He did. He he was one of the main guys that was uh, getting them back into the game towards the end. So okay, let, let's look at a few games. You sure. got the you got the Brooklyn Nets. What are, where are they on like? Who are on like a twelve game winning streak? Yeah. So they, they went from being one. in the same spot as the Bulls <laughs> all the way up to yeah. like like third or something now. Yeah. yeah. So they'll probably win that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of course they'll probably win that because Brooklyn is is is. Uh, absolutely like creaming teams winning 12 straight games Durant's at MVP level K- Kyrie's hitting shots and even Ben Simmons has been playing pretty well so yeah obviously they'll go ahead and, and beat the Nets <laughs> so. yeah I uh, think I Philly on Friday so shout out to Bakley if you're listening to us uh we're we're, we're gonna I'm gonna predict that they beat the Sixers they Actually, gotta at some point they gotta beat the Sixers man 
Actually, never mind. I take that back. I don't think they're going to beat the Sixers. I forgot. Joel Embiid had, is is undefeated versus the Bulls. So and he's big, he's been dominant. Yeah, uh, offensively. And, yeah, yeah, Bakley, your team might get a win there. So uh, <laughs> there's that. Uh, then they got Utah on Saturday, so that could be a win. That could be a win because like Utah's been slowly dipping down. I can see that possibly. I don't know. Uh, they got the Boston Celtics on Monday on the ninth. Which I can see them winning that too. Because these are all whatever. great teams, which means the Bulls will probably win all these games for some yeah. dumbass reason. Well, they had they've had the Celtics number this season. Just bizarre, bizarre shit, man. I think they're going to beat the Wizards for sure. I think that's the one game you have to get. I'm completely opposite from you, bro. I think they're going to beat Brooklyn. They're going to beat Boston. They're going to lose to Utah, and they're going to lose to Washington. What and about the Thunder? Greater prediction: Washington is right now without Beal. They'll be without Porzingis too in that game. They'll kick the Bulls' ass by like forty oh points. Oh my god! Don't say that shit. Man. <laughs> just bro, come on. Like what? <laughs> That's exactly what they've done for the past four weeks. It's just like they need to get for sure. For sure, they need to get that game against the Wizards. Yeah, because that's the one team that they're, they're ahead battling. of them in the standings. You got you got yes. to start winning some of these, yeah. Yeah, and then the next they've game already is... they're they're I mean in the tiebreakers they're what they're one and one against Atlanta. They're one and one against Toronto. They're lost already to New York. They lost that tiebreaker, I think. They're yeah, yeah, because it was only three games and they lost yep. the two back to back in Chicago. So, yep. So you was... got it. You got to start winning some of these. You got to we got to beat Washington, like you said. Yes, uh, they got the the Thunder on Friday the thirteenth. So I'm I'm assuming because of the bad luck they'll actually get Definite good loss. luck. Definite I think they loss. win. I think they win. They can win that one because they're going to lose Sunday the 15th versus the Warriors. They're going to lose that one for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is about the Warriors. I just like it whenever the Warriors play the Bulls. Well, I the Bulls are the team that started. Jordan Poole is having a pretty bad year until they played the Bulls, and then ever since then he's been on fire. So everyone has their best games against the Bulls this season. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Pistons, I think they can beat them for sure. The Hornets, I think they can beat. The Pacers, they could lose against. The Hawks, I think they need that win again on the 23rd of January. They need to get those wins because that's the team that they're battling to get those final seats. And then you close off the month with with Orlando on the 28th and the Clippers on the 31st. So I'm assuming they lose to Orlando once again and then beat the Clippers. <laughs> right. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. The, <laughs> the Like in Orlando, Jalen Suggs or whatever will probably have uh, – uh, is it Suggs or Green? I always mix up with who's – Jalen Suggs. Suggs, okay. Yeah, Jalen Suggs will probably drop like 55. Jalen Green's the one that torched us when he yeah, was on the Rockets. Yeah, it, with Houston. Well, yeah. Suggs hit that game winner against us. So yeah, um, don't remind me. I was yeah. there in the in the <laughs> That's attendance right. for it. That's right. God, what a game! So yeah, um, they'll, they'll of course let Jalen Suggs score fifty five, and then they'll probably shut Kawhi down and have him like held it, hold him to like fourteen. In Kawhi points. plays. <laughs> you got to make sure if he's not if if not Kawhi doesn't play, play, the 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 Clippers win <laughs> because the Bulls will just get their ass kicked by like Terrence Mann or something. Wait, I mean. If this is the track record of the Bulls this season, I think Shadu- Ibiza Zubac has a record setting 40 rebounds in that game. Jesus. Like, <laughs> probably. This, is, probably. this team has driven me fucking crazy, man. They're, they're honestly, so they're a little bit worse than I thought they would be at this point, but mm-hmm. I did think they'd be a little bit under 500 right now. I, I said in our preview that I thought January would be around the time they'd start to turn it around, but they've gone about it in such an ass backwards way. Like every fucking game that they should win, they've gotten they've gotten humiliatingly beaten. Not just beaten, but like 150 points to Minnesota without Towns, without Gobert. Like Jesus. just ludicrous losses, man. To to the those are the gimme games you need to get. The fucking Houston Rockets at home, like 
Yeah, and then they and then they go out and they beat these great teams. So yeah, at this point, you can definitely tell I'm frustrated, and I think yeah. this is some crazy shit. Yeah, uh, I think I think that's a good time to slowly wrap things up. There. Yeah, this is a good spot. Uh, it, I th- I think it's a good spot. So look, all I'm gonna say to close that whole thought out is, given the track record and what the Bulls have given us this year. Shouldn't we be rooting for them to get into the play-in to play the best <laughs> team possible, stuff. and they go undefeated to the playoffs? <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll match up with Milwaukee, beat them. They'll match up with Boston, beat them. They'll match up with uh, Miami or Philly, and then they beat them and get to the finals. That's that's the key here. That's ridiculous. Here. Ridiculous. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I guess I, this this next month is really going to be this is going to be it. We we talked about this last time that oh, those ten games we're going to show what the Bulls are. And in fact, those ten games instead left us with even more confusion than before. Yes, so that, this, this is, like is the this most is the toxic relationship I've ever. Dude, been. seriously, man. Like so many times, we've texted each other, going like, "Should we even bother watching this fucking team anymore?" Like, uh, yeah. Man. And then they well, go out and have like that win against Milwaukee was through that IO game winning like that dunk he had, uh, you know, with when Demar stole the ball. That was yes, like he phenomenal. almost got that shit blocked by Giannis yeah. though. Instead, he got crazy. fouled, not called, but like, and dunked it to win to win the game. That was awesome. Great. So yeah, let's let's wrap it up with that. And uh, yeah. I definitely think so. We'll do. We'll probably do our pod, like we said, talking about like a teardown, you know, yeah. type of uh, wish yeah. list, uh, opposing our our buying wish list that we're about to release. Yeah, but technically, that's a holiday wish list. But I'm a right. We can't edit the the audio content anymore. But it's gonna just be like the yeah. Chicago Bulls trade wish list or something. I don't. Well, I'll think right. of something. Right. I have it till the weekend to to upload yeah. it. But I'll, I'll upload it and I'll just schedule it for the weekend. So I'll, I'll work on it. I have a whole week, and uh, this this should be going up. What what is it? Tuesday. So it should be going up Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening, right before the Bulls go off to face off against the Brooklyn Nets. So that should be a fun one. We'll see yep. how things go. Um, before we sign off, I do want to remind you guys if you made it this far into the video, I want to go ahead and remind you to go ahead and give this episode a like, subscribe, follow, download all the episodes, share with all your friends because it helps the show grow out and get the word out there. Because, like, we're doing it mostly for fun, but we'd like to, you know, get our, get our voices out there, you know, like build this into something. And, um, want to remind you guys to also go ahead and check out shy care.org and continue to contribute there we always plug it every single episode and we're going to continue to do so until you know either i forget or bosh forgets (laughs) definitely um aside from that you can follow me on instagram and twitter at ses vince hit the link tree in the bio we'll take you to everything straight talk you can go and find it there if not you can just search up ses vince in the search bar uh, I might change that up, man, because it's it's no longer SES Straight Talk podcast. It's our Straight Talk podcast. So I mean, <laughs> what, might might need to like re re rechange that whole thing. So we can but talk about fo- it. Yeah, follow follow the podcast on Instagram Straight Talk underscore Pod. Follow us there, and we'll usually post whenever we drop a new episode. And Bashar, you can find Bashar on Instagram at System Lord without the E. And on Twitter, you're becoming a little bit more active on Twitter lately. A little bit, a uh, little bit. Just slightly more so. And as, 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 as much as Zach's defense has, has improved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find him uh, on Twitter as System Lords Tech. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Got it? Good. All right. Yeah. Uh, like it's, it's been a month, but I still got everything rem- memorized, which is good. I didn't yeah. I didn't get out of out of shape there. But uh, yeah, hey, Bosh, you got anything else, man? 
no, that's it, man. Hope everyone had a, a good uh, holiday weekend for Christmas and New Year's and anything else you might celebrate. And uh, yeah, Happy New Year to everyone out there. Yeah, Happy New Year to everyone. Hope you had a great holiday. Straight Talk Podcast is back. We're going to drop two episodes this week, so stay tuned for that. Thanks again for listening. Catch you guys on the next one. Let it go. Peace.